podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router, and any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homework company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL roundtable hosted by Kevin DeVries on its own EPL roundtable feed. So just search EPL roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now on with the show. Good boys and girls, two for the podcast. Today is Wednesday. It is the 21st of June. I hope you're all well. I'd like very much for these thunderstorms to piss off because they're frightening the bejesus out of the dogs and Molly does not like them at all and has spent most of the last few days hiding under a bed. So I <laughs> hope your houses are good. Um, right, today we're going to carry on going through the Premier League teams from last season and what they need to do this summer. Next up, we've got Leicester and Liverpool. So we'll start with Leicester. They've just appointed their own new manager, Enzo Morasca. 
He replaces Dean Smith, who temporarily replaced Brendan Rodgers. Leicester were obviously relegated this past season in what was very much a disastrous campaign for them. For a team with this much quality being paid this much to go down, reeks of dreadful management, dreadful planning. Obviously, Teflon Brendan skated away with no real damage to his reputation, back to Celtic he goes to be a pain in my arse for the next three years, or at least until a Premier League club bats their eyelids at him, and then he'll be running off back down south of the border. But Leicester move on, and Maraska takes over a squad that is desperately in need of rebuilding. And one of the main reasons it's in need of rebuilding is because of the mismanagement of the squad, the poor planning with the squad. So goalkeeper-wise, Leicester have four goalkeepers under contract. Danny Ward, who was dreadful this past season. Daniel Iverson, who wasn't much better. Alex Smithies, who simply isn't a Premier League caliber goalkeeper. And Jakub Stolarsik, a young Polish goalkeeper who has made zero appearances for the club and might yet get an opportunity in the coming season. I would suggest that Iverson has or Everson has shown in the past that he's good enough for the championship during loan spells at Preston. So maybe you start the season with him. Maybe you give the young Pole an opportunity. I'd probably say you want to look to either sell Danny Ward or loan him and try and find some rebuilding of his value. You paid a lot of money to get him, $12.5 million, I believe. And he is still the Welsh number one. So there will be clubs interested in him. You will be able to fool someone into taking him. And maybe in the championship he's fine, but there wasn't a worse goalkeeper in the Premier League last season. He was dreadful. Um, defensively, you need a lot of work. So, on paper, there is three quarters of a back four here that could be, certainly at this level, could be quite good. James Justin is very, very good and can play anywhere across the back line. But he has had serious injuries. He tore his ACL and then he tore his Achilles. How long he'll be out for remains to be seen. What he'll be like when he comes back remains to be seen. But I do think they could look at him as their right back moving forward. At left back, they've actually got two good options. Victor Christensen is very, very promising. And I like Luke Thomas. I think Luke Thomas is a good player. And I think he's someone that you need to keep around. Potentially, if you were shifting to a back three, I could see him playing on the left side of that. I think he's good enough defensively. He's not the biggest, but he's quick and he's aggressive. You've got Woot Faze, who had a rough season, if we're being, being completely honest, had a very rough season. But with longer to settle in the championship, playing next to you know actual centre-backs and people who aren't leaving the club and haven't down tools, 
He might be okay. Sayuncu's gone. Bertrand is gone. Johnny Evans is out of contract. They may re-sign him. They may look to bring him back just because of his experience. But, like, he's barely played in the league the last two years. The championship is a slog. I would try and keep him if I was them, even just to have him around the place. Harry Souter should be fine in the championship. And I do think, at that level, a back three of Faze on the right, him in the middle, and Thomas on the left, with Justin and Christensen as wingbacks, that could be quite interesting. Now, I don't know what Enzo Morasca is going to do. I don't know if he's got his own ideas or if he's just going to be yet another Pep Guardiola copycat. That remains to be seen. I'm just going to go on the basis that he's probably going to play a back four. Justin, Faze, Suter, Christensen. Brunt and Evans as backup centre-backs. Thomas as the backup left-back. And maybe you just keep Daniel Amarty around because he's, you know, he's been there a long time. He's a positive influence. He's not a great player, but he's not a dreadful player. He'll give his all. Maybe he's your backup right back. Sell Ricardo Pereira. Sell Timothy Castanier. Sell Yannick Vestergaard. You might want to bring in a different option at centre-back. You might want to bring in a different option somewhere else, but... I don't think it's dreadful. Is it good enough to come straight back up? I'm actually not sure. I'm actually not sure. Much will depend on how Woodface recovers after the poor season he had and how Christensen kicks on and how Justin returns from injury. So there's a lot of question marks there. In midfield, I would fight tooth and nail to try and keep Harvey Barnes for a year. I think you could. He's an academy graduate. He cares about the club. I think you could try and keep him for a year. Telemans is gone. Contract expired. Madison is definitely leaving. He's got a year left. He's not going to play in the championship when he's in the England squad. Mark Albrighton has a year left. They sent him out on loan last season. I think you probably bring him back and keep him for the year again. An experienced leader. He's been around. He was part of the title-winning team. I think you probably keep him. Kiernan Dewsbury Hall is is too good for the championship. But at the same time, I think you have to try and keep him. I really do. I think he's one of the players who could raise your level. There's like... For me, they could walk into the championship next season with Barnes and Dewsbury Hall, and those would be the two best players in the championship, which would give them a leg up on much of the competition. Um, Nepali's Mendy, you'd be letting go. Ndidi has a year a year left. I, I would probably try and sell him and see what value he holds. He's 26 now. His last few seasons have been wrecked by injuries. I think if you don't sell him now, you're probably losing him on a free because I don't think he's going to extend his contract. Dennis Pryat is out of contract. Hamza Chowdhury is out of contract. Again, I'd probably try and keep him just as a squad player, not as a starter. Again, he's a local lad. Again, I think he cares. Again, it'll matter to him. 
And in the championship, he's more than good enough. Uh, Tete was in on loan. He'll now go back. Bubakari Samari I would keep. I think him and Dewsbury Hall as your midfield pair is pretty strong. And you've got some young players in Braybook, McAteer and Alves who are decent. You need a starting right winger. And you're going to need depth in midfield. I'd be clearing out basically everybody bar Barnes, Dewsbury Hall, Sumare, Chowdhury, those three young lads, Braybrook, McAteer and Alves, and all Brighton who'd be a squad player. So starting right winger, one quality depth piece in centre midfield, a depth left winger, Unless you think Will Alves is ready to play games. And I, I'd really have be having heart-to-heart conversations with Barnes and Jewsbury Hall and begging them to stay. Because if they don't keep them, I think they're dead in the water. Um, up front then, you've got Vardy, you've got Ianacho, and you've got Daka. Vardy's at a contract in 12 months, but I think you keep him. Ianacho's at a contract in 12 months. I think you might have to sell him. I think you might have to sell him. So I don't think he'll extend. Pats and Daki you keep. Aosi Perez is out of contract. He's leaving. What a disaster that, that signing was. I think you've got to buy... You've got to buy a starting forward player to play next to Daka. And you've got to buy a depth piece to go with Vardy. So all told... You'd probably you'd probably patch the defence together. You're probably going to go with the goalkeepers you have. Starting right winger, some depth in midfield, a starting forward and a depth piece up front. It's a lot to do when you're a championship club. When you're having to try and make up the shortfalls in your budget. Now they've got a lot of young players that they could maybe give a look to. I just don't know how good any of them are. Like Josh Epia, I don't know how good he is. He's 24, he's been at the club three years, and he's never played. He's had two loans, neither of which were very impressive. So he's probably not good enough. You might have to go cap in hand to some Premier League clubs and try and get some lads in on loan. But they've got a lot of work to do. I, I, I said before... Of the three clubs that went down, I think they're in the worst position. Because even what I've outlined is a long shot. Because, I mean, Harvey Barnes doesn't want to play in the championship. Kieran Jewsbury Hall doesn't want to play in the championship. They're too good for the championship. Harvey Barnes is a proven commodity in the Premier League. Jewsbury Hall is a proven commodity in the Premier League. Why it took them so long to get him in the team, I have no idea. But... He is a proven, proven performer at that high level. And I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are on different teams come the start of the new season. And same thing with Sumare. Now, he hasn't performed in the Premier League to the same level as those two. But I did think at times this past season... He showed a good level, especially when he played with Jewsbury Hall. Those two in midfield seemed to work well. So that's basically what I'd be trying to build off 
going into the new season. The other way you could do it, you could play those two in the midfield, play Harvey Barnes as a 10 and try and bring in two new wingers, which might be easier than trying to get another forward player, and play Barnes behind Daka. But again, I don't know what Enzo Morasca is planning. There's very little evidence of what his managerial style will be. I don't think you can take anything from his time spent as manager of City's uh, under-23 team. And his time at Parma was 14 games. So it didn't go particularly well. Is he... Is he just going to be another Pep clone? It's possible. Certainly possible. Most of those who work under Pep come out of it as Pep clones. But they've got a lot of work to do. And they need a clear out. Like, Ricardo Pereira is on far too high wages to be playing in the championship. Uh, I'd imagine Castanier is on big money as well. Like, a lot of these players won't have relegation release clauses. A lot of them will be on good Premier League salaries because Leicester didn't think they were going down. Leicester won the title not all that long ago. They won the FA Cup only a few years ago. Leicester thought they were a nailed-on top-half battling for Europe team. I think they've got huge decisions to make. I really, really do. Like Yuri Thielemans gone on a free, Sionchu gone on a free, Aosi Perez gone on a free. They spent big money on those players. Oh, Josh Epia has been released. As has Daniel Amarty, who, like I said, I would have kept. But if 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 he's gone, then you're probably going to need to find a backup right back, who ideally can start a decent portion of games. Because with James Justin coming back from a torn Achilles, he's not going to be playing every game. He might not be ready for the start of the season. There's a lot of work to do at Leicester. I, I wouldn't fancy being in Maraska's shoes right now. That. That's probably a two-year rebuild to get them back up. If if Barnes and Dewsbury Hall decide they don't want to stick around. You've got to try and convince them that they should. Like The thing is, they came through the academy. I don't know that either of them are, you know... are going to be willing to do it. Like... They both grew up as Leicester fans. And maybe it will matter to them. Maybe it will. To stay and try and keep or get them back up and then leave on a good note. Or look or stay. Stay beyond that. But they are they're they're the type of players that like most clubs in the Premier League will be looking at and thinking, geez, we'd love to have him. At Dewsbury Hall improves most teams. Like Villa, for example. If Villa want an upgrade on John McGinn, Dewsbury Hall is, is ideal. He'd fit really well in that box midfield. He can play in the deeper two. He can play either wide role. 
Harvey Barnes would fit in that shape as well. Jewsbury Hall would bring a ball-playing ability that Spurs currently lack from a technical level. They'd both, I think, improve Brighton. Barnes on the right, Jewsbury Hall wherever. They'd improve Brentford. I'd take Jewsbury Hall and Barnes at Liverpool. Not as starters, but as squad players. I think they'd both improve Newcastle. We'll move on. We'll move on to Liverpool. Because we could spend an hour looking at that Leicester squad and trying to make sense of what they need to do. And truthfully, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do this summer. Uh, Liverpool finished fifth last season. It was a it was a disastrous campaign for a team of that quality. Uh, a season of abject failure, and there's no other way to describe it really. Um, very clearly, going into this summer, major major overhauling is needed. Goalkeeper. Allison is the best in the world. They don't need to worry about their starting keeper. Cuevin Keller is a good backup, but Cuevin Keller is probably too good to be a backup and has ambitions of being first choice for Ireland and having a career. And he'll be 25 in November. So it's getting to that point where he's going to need to go and start playing because in his entire career to date, he's played 21 senior games for Liverpool. He's got 10, excuse me, 10 caps. He's got half the caps he has club appearances. He needs to go and play. So Liverpool will need a backup goalkeeper if he leaves. And it'll have to be somebody homegrown. Griffiths at West Brom, Patterson at Sunderland. They're the two that make the most sense. Bursic, Joseph Bursic actually is the one that makes the most sense to me. Because I think... I think he's got the highest ceiling of the three. I think he's got the biggest frame of the three. And given he went to Club Bruges in January and they already have an expensive, highly paid starting goalkeeper, I just I don't know what the future holds for Bursic at Club Bruges. So if I'm Liverpool, I'd probably kick the tyres on him. There's actually a few players there that they should kick the tyres on. Um, but he he's one that makes a lot of sense to me. Adrian, I don't know why they extended him. I, I don't see the logic in it at all. He's not very good. He's not very good at all. Um, that was a spot they could have cleared out to bring in you know, another homegrown player. My expectation is he won't play at all. He might not even end up being registered. And it might be that Harvey Davies and Marcelo Pitaluga get opportunities instead of him. Uh, Defensively, I would have been selling Joe Gomez, Costa Simicus, Joel Matip, and Nat Phillips this summer. I think Nat Phillips will leave. I think Costa Simicus will leave. I think Gomez and Matip, they'll hold on to for another year. Matip will then leave on a free. Sepp Vandenberg, I would keep because he becomes homegrown. 
Reese Williams, you can loan him out, you can sell him, you could keep him if you decide you want to as a fifth or sixth centre back, but I don't really see the point. Best to sell him. Van Dijk and Kanate are the only defenders, pure defenders at the club that should be starters. Robertson is past the point of being good enough to start and doesn't fit the new system. Trent obviously is more than good enough. He's more a midfielder in this new hybrid role that they've got for him. Fabinho should be a squad player. Thiago should be a luxury player. McAllister will be a starter. Henderson should be shipped to, I don't know, Saudi Arabia or somewhere. Curtis Jones is a good squad player to have. Elliot should be a backup in the attack, not in midfield. Carvalho, it probably makes sense to just sell. He doesn't fit. He's talented. Without question, he's talented. He just doesn't fit anywhere. And there's too many people in front of him in every position. And Besetic is a big talent to keep for the future. They need three midfielders at a minimum. They need they need three. Well, two now they've got Alexis, but I would still like three more because I'm greedy like that. In attack, they've got Salah, Gakbo, Jota, Diaz, and Nunes. I would I would like another winger, but if Harvey Elliott's moving into that attacking space, I, I think you're fine. So if you've got Allison and let's say for now Kelleher, that's your goalkeeper set. If Kelleher leaves, Bursick, Patterson, Griffiths, whoever, that's fine. The right side centre back role, which covers right back, Gomez is a better fit as the backup to Kanate because of his pace. But Gomez is also the better fit in the middle because of his pace. But Gomez and Matip are the backups to Ibu and Virgil as the right side and central central defenders in the in-possession three-man defence. Andy Robertson should be no more than a backup. He doesn't fit the new system at all, really. But if he's the backup lefty, that's fine. They need to buy a left-sided centre-back. Mickey Van de Veen is the name going around. They've been linked to a bunch of others. Who knows who they end up with? It does look like Van de Veen is probably the favourite to arrive. Trent will play this hybrid role, and I think Stefan Besetic is the best backup they have in the squad for him. I think he makes the most sense in that role because he started off as a defender. I think he's quick enough to cover right back, and he's good enough on the ball to play the midfield role. So that's fine. They need a starting holding midfielder, and Fabinho can be the backup. You've got Alexis and Thiago as one of the eights. Kefren Turam looks like he's on his way. Him and Curtis Jones will be the other eight. And then you've got Henderson uh, to, I don't know, hand out cones and drinks or whatever, um, but certainly not play a whole lot because the, the guy can't play. I would ideally like to be moving Henderson on and bringing in another young midfielder, someone like Hayden Hackney from Middlesbrough, who can play a multitude of positions. In attack, Salah with Elliot as the backup, Diaz with Jota as the backup, and then Gakpo and Darwin as your number nine options. As I said, I'd like a natural winger who can play either side, but I don't expect that to happen this summer. Liverpool have to get this right, though, because 
This is a big rebuild. They need four starters. They've got one in. They need three more. And then next summer, they need to replace Gomez. They need to replace Matip, who will be leaving because his contract is up. They will need to replace Thiago. They should probably be looking to move on Fabinho and Henderson next summer as well. And then you're into the final year of the contracts for Van Dijk, for Trent, and for Salah, all of whom you're going to need to extend. There's going to need to be an extension for Ibu Kanate at some point as well. I think next summer you also look, ideally look to be moving on Andy Robertson. It's a big two-year period coming up for Liverpool. Uh, it's a one year basically, but it's three windows. So two tra- summer transfer windows where Liverpool have a lot that they need to do. That's why this summer is so crucial because if they don't get back into the Champions League, then next summer they're going to struggle to A, get the players that they're going to need to complete the rebuild and B, Convince the likes of Virgil and Salah, and I think Trent will be a bit easier because he's a scouse lad, but to convince them to stay, to convince Kanate to stay, they have to nail this summer. Now, Alexis is a great start, and I'm led to believe the Turam deal is progressing very well and should be completed once the, uh, the under-21 Euros are over. So that would be another great signing. And for those of you looking to read something about it, I have a piece on Anfield Index today. Um, but I do think, I do think this is a massive, massive summer. And if they don't get it right, it will haunt them. And they're linked with a bunch of players, some of whom are excellent, some would be ideal fits, some of whom are very, very questionable. Very questionable. Ryan Gravenberch is a very questionable target. But this season is make or break for Klopp too. It's not just the club, the players. It's him. Because two of the last three seasons have been unacceptable. And they've been down to him. And his refusal to do what was needed to upgrade the squad, to refresh the squad... He clung on to players years after they were useful. Henderson hasn't been useful in three years. Milner wasn't useful for three years. Firmino had declined significantly. Oxlade-Chamberlain and Keita should have been sold years ago. Four of them left on freeze this summer. Milner would have left on free at any point. I was happy enough to keep Bobby because it's Bobby. But the other two, Ox and and Chamberlain, or sorry, Ox and Keita... That's £87 million that Liverpool spent that just walked out the door on freeze. And this is a this is a habit now. Ginny Wijnaldum left on a free. Albi Moreno left on a free. Last summer, Sadio Mane left for well below what his value should have been. He should have been sold two years earlier. Divock Origi left on a free. He could have been sold for very good money in 2019. 
Instead, they kept him for three years. He did absolutely nothing. But yeah, Ginny left on a free in the summer of 21. In the summer of 20, I'm not sure anybody of him. Adam Lalana left in a free. You were never really going to get any fees for him anyway, but Lovren was kept too long. Far too long. Neither of them should have been at the club by that point. Neither of them were ever any good. Um, in the summer of 2020, Daniel Sturridge left for free. Albi Moreno left for free. Couldn't have got fees for them 12 months before. No? No fees at all? Summer of 2019, Emery Chan leaves for free. Why wasn't he sold 12 months earlier? What was the logic in keeping him? There really wasn't any. There really wasn't any at all. Liverpool are in a habit of letting players go for free while trying to be sell to buy, which is just not a way to carry yourselves. The summer of 2020, Liverpool desperately needed to add at least one centre-back. Klopp refused, torpedoed the season, scraped third in a bad league in which they really should have been defending their title. Summer of 2022, Liverpool desperately needed midfield reinforcements. They tried for Chouameni, didn't get him. Klopp refused to accept anybody else. And uh, they finished fifth because their midfield failed them over and over and over again. Just as it had failed them in the 21-22 season, Liverpool's midfield cost them immortality, cost them a quadruple. And Klopp didn't address it. And so he has had two really poor seasons out of three. And there were... There was times last season where that group of players stopped playing for him. Now, he managed to get them back on board, but he can't afford another bad season either. There is no more credit in the bank. That's a nonsense phrase. Football is about winning. And at the end of each season, in the Premier League, there is one winner and there are 19 losers. And where you finish in the league beyond first just dictates how much of a loser you actually were. That's how football works. It's not about the journey. It's not about the taking part. It's about the destination. It's about winning. And if Liverpool aren't winning, they're losing. And Liverpool was not a club built on losing. So if you're going to lose in the league, you have to win somewhere else. And that needs to be the the mandate and the model. Yet you can't win the league every year. But you should be picking up silverware most years. And under Klopp, Liverpool have only won silverware in three years of the seven he's been at the club. So that needs to start to pick up as well. One league title is not enough. One Champions League is not enough. Jurgen Klopp enters the season under pressure. If he doesn't pick things up, FSG as patient as they might be, might well turn around and decide to make a change. They might not even be the owners in 12 months. And ambitious owners will not accept finishing fifth. They will not accept finishing fourth or third or second 15 points behind. They will accept winning and little else. And that's how it should be. That's how it should be. And Klopp, That's how Klopp should be demanding of his players. 
if they don't do what he deserves for them to do, if they don't win the silverware that he deserves, that he warrants, given how good of a manager he is, then the players need to be looked at. The players should have been looked at long ago. But he's a little bit too loyal. He likes to have harmony in the squad, which, you know, whatever. But there's players at that club that have let him down multiple times. There's players at that club that have cost him silverware. And he should be moving them out, quite simply. I'm going to take a break when we come back. I think it's just the gossip and the wee bit of news that we have. And then we'll be out for the day nice and early. Talk to you in a sec. Right, welcome back. So, Cristiano Ronaldo won his 200th international cap last night and scored the winner as Portugal scraped by Iceland 1-0. That goal came in the 89th minute after Iceland had been reduced to... 10 men um frankly at this point yes he might have scored the winner he's the reason they needed a last minute winner because he's been dreadful for a long time now and he makes them worse as he does pretty much every team he plays for in the last four years uh norway beat cyprus 3-1 scotland beat georgia 2-0 in what was basically a farce moldova shocked poland in a 3-2 win Luxembourg shocked Bosnia-Herzegovina 2-0 away from home. Slovakia beat Liechtenstein 1-0. Albania beat the Faroe Islands 3-1. Austria beat Sweden 2-0. Belgium beat Estonia 3-0. Bulgaria and Serbia played out a 1-1 draw. And Hungary beat Lithuania 2-0. And Cristiano's post-match interview, as you can imagine, was me, 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 me. So we'll move on. Um, Manchester City and Chelsea have agreed a fee of 25 million with 5 million in potential add-ons for Mateo Kovacic. Personal terms believed have already been agreed and he will have a medical when he returns to the UK after international duty. I think it's a really good signing. It looks like Gundogan is going to go to Barcelona. He's not Gundogan, but he's excellent. I think it's a really good replacement. I think the perfect replacement was Alexis McAllister, but Mateo Kovacic is outstanding, and there's no real reason to criticise that deal at all. Uh, what have we got here in the latest transfers that have been done? Uh, nothing in the Premier League since the Nkunku deal. Gary Neville has called on the Premier League to stop the transfer of players to Saudi Arabia until it is certain of the integrity of the competition. Oh, until it is, sorry, certain that the integrity of its competition is not being put at risk. So this basically comes down to Chelsea. This is because it looks like Chelsea are going to sell four players to Saudi Arabia to largely fix their FFP problems. And as... Everybody knows the PIF have significant involvement in Clear Lake. I don't know what the truth is. I don't think anybody bar those involved does. But I kind of agree with Gary Neville here. Like it, it, 
it does just call into question, you know, is this something that all clubs are going to start doing? Just shifting their mess to Saudi Arabia and saying to players, look, I know it's not what you want, but they'll pay you 300 grand a week and you're a bench player here earning 50 grand a week. So why don't you go for a year or two? And the Saudis, I mean, they can light money on fire. It makes no difference to them. I, I do kind of agree with Neville. I do. Uh, European Under-21 Championships. Five players to watch as the competition kicks off as of today. Mikhailo Mudrik, um, I mean, look, he needs to try and rebuild his confidence and get himself back on track. There's no doubting he's very talented. He's got lightning speed. He had a dreadful time at Chelsea after joining. I expect more from him next season, largely because Chelsea should be more settled under Pochettino. But I'm looking forward to watching him in this um, in this competition. Uh, Levi Colwell is up next. Had a great season for Brighton. Didn't play a huge amount, obviously. Was was a rotation player along with Dunk. Dunk started pretty much every game. And then it would be Colwell or Webster. Webster played a lot more, but Colwell was great when he played. The kid is the most talented centre-back England have produced in a long, long time. A long, long time. Like, probably since Ledley King, which is 22, 23 years ago. That's how good Levi Colwell is. He's too good to be a rotation piece at Chelsea. But it wouldn't surprise me if by the end of the next season, him and Fafana is the pairing with Chalaba and Badi Ashile as the backups, and that's what they move forward with. Uh, Yusofa Makoko, hugely talented German forward, plays for Borussia Dortmund, can play through the middle, can play wide. You'll remember about a year ago, there was a lot of talk that he might move on. His contract was running up. Top clubs were interested. He signed a new deal. Didn't have the season he was hoping for with Dortmund, but I think in the year to come, when they went with him and Adiemi either side of Haller, that was a lot of fun. Now, Malin also was in that rotation, but having those three for those two wider positions is a strong position for Dortmund to be in. Uh, Sandro Tonali currently on the wanted list for Newcastle. Newcastle believed to put in a bit of about 50 million. Uh, Tonali's a good player. Is he what Newcastle need? I'm not sure. Him and Bruno would be good on the ball, but a little bit slow, maybe. And Rayan Cherky, who's an outrageous talent and sometimes needs to be seen to be believed. That's a good list. Um, gossip. Fred is wanted by Fulham. I, I, I don't really see that as the type of move that would help Fulham. To be totally honest. But he is a good player. He's better than he, we've seen at United. Maybe Fulham's the right move for him, to be fair. Everton are interested in a move for Sam Johnston if Jordan Pickford leaves the club. That would be a strange one. Leicester City want more than fifty million for James Madison. They're fooling themselves. He's got twelve months left in this contract, and you're now a championship team. So you're gonna get forty million, you're gonna take it, and you're gonna accept it. Manchester City are close to agreeing personal terms at Yosko Gvardiol, says the spoofer with the catchphrase. Actually, I mentioned, I think, yesterday about the spoofer getting all triggered by some random Brentford fan. He called him 
and had a meltdown. There's audio of some of it. I've heard audio of all of it. It is a comical meltdown by the spoofer with the catchphrase who should get himself a bit of sleep and, and you know, not be not be dabbling. That's all I'll say. Don't be dabbling. Uh, City have submitted a 25 million bid for Kovacic. That's done. Arsenal have made an improved 60 million bid for Kai Havertz. Believed that that bid is actually 65, including add-ons. West Ham are far from impressed with the lack of progress in negotiations with Arsenal over a move for Declan Rice. Arsenal will return with a third offer for Rice with the Hammers holding out for a million, a minimum of 100 million. Newcastle have made a bid of about 50 million euro for Sandro Tonali. So 42.7 million might not be enough. Newcastle will target the signing of 20-year-old German forward Derry Scherhand from Hertha Berlin. Not familiar with that player. Uh, Magpies are considering ending their interest in Nicola Barella. I don't think there was actually real interest, if I'm being honest. I don't think... I think that's his agent trying to get him a new deal. Manchester United have also made uh, contact. All of the stuff about Barella is coming out of Italy, which makes me think it's all coming from the agent. Manchester United and Newcastle are the latest clubs to show interest in Gambia under under 20 forward Adama Bojang, who plays for Steve Biko FC. Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool have all made attempts to sign Fede Valverde. I think there's no chance, really. Um, Arsenal have held talks with Southampton over 19-year-old Belgian midfielder Romeo Lavia. No, they haven't. David Ornstein has explicitly said there's been no contact, no talks, no progress. Fabrizio Romano made this up based on Miguel Delaney saying someone he spoke to or some, some people he spoke to suggested that they thought Arsenal would buy Lavia having failed to try and afford because Caicedo. Romano made it up and now 90minute.com, probably Graham Bailey, who's an enormous spoofer, have carried it on. Uh, Chelsea are expected... Sorry, Chelsea have an opportunity to snatch the signing of Lavia this week as Arsenal are focused on a deal for Declan Rice. Arsenal could make a move for Amadou Onana. Okay. Paris Saint-Germain want to offload Ginny Wijnaldum. There'll be a line of clubs queuing up for him. Fulham want £90 million for Joao Polina, which is outrageous. But if West Ham want £100 million for Rice, I mean, why not? Joao Polina is a better defensive midfielder than Declan Rice. Rice is a better overall footballer, but not by a huge amount. Uh, Crescentio Somerville is wanted by Everton and Feyenoord this summer. Leeds should hold on to him. Leeds have ruled out appointing West Brom manager Carlos Corberon as the new manager. Patrick Vieira is one of the names under consideration. Palace want Roy Hodgson to stay on as manager. I I think that's a mistake. I really do. I really do, but it's Ed Aaron's, so it's bulletproof. It's absolutely going to be true. Uh, Wrexham are lining up a move for former Manchester United forward Nick Powell after the 29-year-old's release by Stoke. Um. Yeah, fair. Uh, who else did I see? Atiba Hutchinson, apparently on his way to Wrexham as well. So looks like they're going to be quite ambitious after promotion back into the football league. That's all I've got. I'm late for another podcast, so I will run and I will see you tomorrow. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.
Sports Social Podcast Network.